0: Now, as the dice roll, brought to you today by Captain Rory's Last Nerve. Everyone else is on it. Why aren't you? Hop on to Captain Rory's Last Nerve today. Previously, on Cautious Optimism. There is a concern on this planet about uh, comas. There are certain interpretations of the sacred texts that would basically say that when a person falls into a coma, their life should be ended. As you enter the tiggly cog, imagine like a
1: Costco.
2: I mean, we do have coffee.
1: I didn't stop consuming it. It's all gone. What? You f- know?
2: You've eaten all the coffee? I don't
0: think it's sensible that you drink too much of this.
2: But it's so good.
1: The
0: Drinkin' Slurp 5000 can process just about any liquid material you give it, including blood, and turn it into pure drinking water.
2: Wow, maybe there's a use for Hank after all.
0: I don't care if they call me, hey, you, just let me do my job. Rico. Humanoid. I'm observing you. Cat person. It's for science. Liliana. An Evo. I don't know if you know, but like, I'm famous. A species capable of Santa powers. We
2: are going to be the best of friends.
0: Thank you, Cautious Optimism. Welcome to the station. So the Wiggly Log Cafe is a large domed building. Have you ever seen those houses that are made up of a whole bunch of like hexagons <laughs> that are like they're like a gigantic igloo? The Wiggly Log is kind of like that. It's a giant half dome structure that would be about 3 stories tall except that it's all open air and there are a whole bunch of platforms and sitting areas all the way up the building until you get to the very roof that obviously you you see the native citizens of talog just kind of flying up to these different tables and you see the waiters and waitresses also flying up to these different tables to serve people now for off-worlders like you there are a variety of tables on the ground floor that you don't need to have wings in order to access so when you come in the hostess seats you at one of those ground floor tables And as they're dropping off their menus, they happily inform you that starting in about 20 minutes will be karaoke night. And there's a little console on your table. If you'd like to put your name down to sign up to sing something, feel free to to go ahead and do that. Liliana immediately puts her name on the list. And after being annoyed that they don't have any of the songs she's used to, she just entered other for her song title and uh, is happily waiting for her turn. A note to the listeners, Elysia is not going to make it today. They had other things going on in real life that took them away from the game. So I will be playing their character today. And about the time that uh, you guys have gotten all situated, I think Cayun probably shows up and is shown to your table. And now I hand it over to you, the players. What would you like to do? Is there any on this, this
2: menu we've been handed? Is it just different varieties of sugar water?
0: Yes. Is there any actual food? There's a variety of alcoholic sugar water. <laughs> on the back of the menu, under a section called Offworlders, they have pretzels and chips. So they don't have any meat then? Nope. Wow. Really?
3: So, I'm going to order the most alcoholic sugar water
2: they have.
4: I'll do the same. Sure. We'll get a threesome.
2: Woo! I'm, uh, I'm fine. Thanks.
4: <laughs> I find it funny that in real life, Raven's a, a vegan, and I'm sure <laughs> is, where she can't eat stuff all the time. And then she decides to play a carnivore in this game, and yeah. she still can't find anything. To eat. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Walking into restaurants and not being able to eat is like my my superpower. (laughs) It happens a lot less often these days than it did 20 years ago when I turned vegan.
0: All right. So after a few minutes, your waiter flies over to your table with a buzz and he drops off three what smell like whiskey. But as you take a sip, it's very, very sweet. It's like whiskey and sugar mixed together for whatever that's worth.
2: So an old fashioned. Nice. I was gonna say that's an old fashioned, right? <laughs> oh, really?
0: Yeah. Oh, okay, great. Well, they bring they bring over a bunch of old fashions for you.
2: <laughs> that, Terrific! That, that's amazing. It's a very good cocktail. Yeah.
0: And then they look over at Liliana, who just says, "No, I, I, I can't drink before performance." And they look over to uh, Rico, and they say. Are you sure we can't get anything for you? We have a variety of, of of delicious pretzels and chips for off-worlders like yourself. And we could also go next door, if you'd like us, to get a different flavor of uh, sugar water. I mean, whatever we can do to make you happy, we want to do it. What can we do for you?
2: Um, I'm afraid I'm an obligate carnivore.
0: A carnivore. Okay. So that means what? You only you only eat meat? Is that right?
2: Yes. Yes.
0: Okay. We could probably find some meat for you. I'm going to go try to find some meat for you. I'm going to be right back, okay? So you just sit right here, don't go anywhere, and I'll be right back with something get.
2: Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, you. Thank
0: you. He flies away.
3: Can anybody remember why we came to this world? To drop off that guy and get supplies.
2: Oh, to drop off the guy. Where were we heading? Galaginar. Galaginar! That's what we're doing. Sorry, I just slightly lost track of what we were doing.
3: That's okay. I went through this this morning or last night. <laughs> what, what are we doing? What are we doing? What are we
2: doing? <laughs> so, Captain, will we be setting back off for Galaganar then shortly, do you think?
3: I, I Yes, I think uh, after this we need to go ahead and head on out.
2: It seems to have taken us quite a while. We've had a lot of adventures since we set out for Galaganar.
3: This is what we get for answering distress signals <laughs> and being good
2: guys. Uh, yes, we should definitely avoid doing that in the future.
0: The longer you guys play this game, the, l- the less moral you become, and seems like. <laughs> yeah.
4: We're just tired. We're just tired.
3: We're tired, and every time we try to help somebody, they betray us, or they irradiate <laughs> <laughs> us, or they trap us in a timed vortex.
2: Yeah, we are being taught by this universe that it is, <laughs> it is not sensible to be helpful.
4: We're starting to build that list of, you know are red flags. (laughs) Red flag number one. Is there a um or what are they called? Um Lorndons. Yeah. Is there a Lorndon on board? If if so, no. Are they carrying any suspicious cargo? Yes. Okay, then no. (laughs) Is radiation involved? No. Is there some sort of time bubble? No. (laughs) The list is just getting longer of stuff. Been there, done that. No, thank you.
0: (laughs) Avoiding radiation and time bubbles is fair, I think. Avoiding Londons is fair. <laughs>
4: <laughs> if
3: we were to happen upon a a vessel that was stranded, that was full of uh, supermodels to everyone's tastes, and also free coffee and cash and prizes, then we'd be more likely to help people. <laughs> it hasn't happened yet.
1: <laughs> but Rory, at this point, we wouldn't trust it.
3: <laughs> no, we no. I definitely wouldn't trust it now. I'd be like, this is a trap. <laughs>
0: Okay. Well, after after a little bit, they uh, call Liliana up for her turn at karaoke, and she gleefully runs up to the stage and begins singing with no musical accompaniment, because they don't recognize any of the songs that she knows, and vice versa. So she is uh, singing a cappella, and as you would expect, for the first five seconds, it goes real badly, and then suddenly... Everyone in the room universally agrees that this is the most beautiful music they've ever heard, including you guys. And it is as she's singing that the, your waiter comes back to your table, flutters back to your table, holding a plate with a little, almost like aluminum foil on top. And he says to oh, I go I ran down the street to where they have a an off-planet place where they have food for off-planet, off-worlders for, such as yourselves. And I asked them for something that uh, carnivores eat. And they gave me this. And so I brought this over to you. And so this is, and this is on the house because we want to make a good environment for everybody who comes here. We want everybody to have a good time and to have fun. So this is, this is for you. I hope you enjoy it. And he whisks off the aluminum foil and you see a big plate of raw hamburger, ground up hamburger.
2: Oh, that's fine. That's complete. Thank you very much. That's yes. Thank you.
0: Thank you. Oh, you're very welcome. You're very welcome. Hey, remember me when it comes time to give me a tip. <laughs> Is there anything else I can get you guys?
1: Hey, if you got any more of that, if you want to throw it on a grill, I'd take some. Uh, and what's a grill? Heat. Heat. Okay.
0: And he takes a little bit of the ground-up hamburger, and he sets it on the candle that's sitting in the middle of the table.
1: Oh, for God's sake.
2: <laughs> uh, no, you'll, you'll need a more concentrated source of flame for that. You'd like it sort of charred?
1: I don't. Charred? I'll reach in my in my bag and pull out my camp stuff. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realize I don't have the fuel tank anymore, and I'll put it back in the bag.
2: Ah. <laughs> Do you not have a hand blowtorch or something in
1: there? Uh, no, that would be with my tools.
2: Oh. Unusual. You usually have them with you.
1: Well, I mean, we were going out to dinner. I didn't really see the need.
2: Well... We could take some back to the ship. Of course, it's much fresher than the rations.
0: Well, if there's any any of this you want to take with you, I'd be happy. Oh, well, here, let me leave the uh, uh, let me leave the foil here, and you can just oh, you can wrap it up and bring any extra home in that if you like. Ah, oh,
1: that's a good idea, Raven. Uh, you're welcome. Not Raven, Rico.
2: She looks at you slightly confused. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just sitting here having dinner, and I got a new name. How exciting! <laughs> <laughs> all
0: right. So, is there is there anything else you guys want to do uh, in in this scene here at the the cafe, or or even on the planet, or do you want to move forward?
3: I think we're ready to go.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. Yeah. We got coffee, water source. Yeah.
0: Yeah. We fixed all the immediate problems.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you have a very pleasant evening eating raw hamburger meat and drinking very alcoholic sugar water. Liliana is very popular and is quite pleased with herself when, after leaving the stage, uh, several people want to talk to her about how good she is at singing, and it makes her feel super happy. And eventually, you guys make your way back to the ship, half drunk or maybe completely drunk, depending on what choices you want to make for your characters. And you eventually fly off. Uh, maybe the next morning after you've had time to drink some water and get some sleep, you go, you go ahead and take off heading to Galaginar, right? Yes. All right. It's going to be a couple more weeks in space going to Galagonar. So is there anything that you guys want to do with your time aboard ship?
4: I think at some point we should have a conversation about the company versus the guild and if any of this is something that we should try and capitalize on
3: well i'm up for that i'm up for that conversation let's have a meeting
2: uh yeah that sounds like a useful thing to discuss did we ever actually submit the application that we keep talking about submitting to the dna people to the scientific conclave to the scientific people we did didn't we
4: we did you did. Yes, because we just put out an episode recently where Kyan was very frustrated because he hates forms and he had to fill this one out multiple
0: times because But
2: <laughs> We heard back from it. Not yet. Oh.
0: But yeah, that is an excellent thing. During the weeks of travel to Galagonar from Talog, you do in fact receive an intergalactic electronic mail <gasps> informing the both of you. Kayan, and Rico, that you have been accepted into the Lorndon Science Conclave. Congratulations. Woohoo! Yay, there's high-fivage.
2: Yeah, I'd like to think the one morning Rico is like, firstly, it's a morning, and Rico's awake, so that's kind of weird. And she's wandering around giving everybody cups of coffee, and looks like really happy, and you're all like, what uh, what what's go what's going on here? <laughs> like, ah, oh, yes. What's happened?
3: We've just, we've been accepted, Captain. Oh, into the science thing. Into the science thing. Into the conclave. Congratulations. What what does that get us? Access to the DNA database. So maybe you could find out what the invisible ferret is.
2: Yes, I will certainly be looking up some information on the invisible ferret. Um, I might also cross track the information we had about the purple people. Oh, right. I forgot about the little purple guy. Hmm. Yes. A whole wealth of scientific knowledge is now available to us. Well, huzzah. Um, Yeah, so I guess in any downtime, firstly, Rico has been clicker trading the ferret. (laughs) (laughs) Teaching it to do all sorts of uh, useful things, like, you know, sit on people's shoulders and go to where it's asked to go and stop and come here and stuff, but also teaching it to, like, jump through hoops and do ridiculous things.
0: Interesting. So it can jump through a hoop. But nobody can see it, so... But
2: it's got a
4: coat on. It's wearing a little sweater.
0: Okay. <laughs> so you, you can put on a little show where a floating sweater does tricks.
2: Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, she's also teaching it to like pick up tools and, and sort of do vaguely useful things. So pick up tools and carry them through places, which might be useful eventually. Who knows?
1: Oh. A
2: retriever. A retriever, yeah She's she's turned it into a working ferret Since it seems to be sticking around Well, and she should
4: also teach it how to push buttons
3: But not the big red one Oh yeah, that would be
2: <laughs> I mean, that's a that's a two-edged sword Kind of situation
4: I just feel like there's a, an opportunity Will arise when we need to touch the button That's over there, but we're over here We can't get over there, so we send the ferret
1: And now Todd is thinking, what have I done And how do I have to redesign my traps Yeah
3: <laughs> And now we must name the, the invisible ferret Mage Hand.
4: <laughs>
0: <laughs> uh, I'm not too worried about it, because I don't, I don't think that you guys would bring the invisible ferret anywhere terribly dangerous. Like, if you were going into a dungeon, you'd probably leave it behind. Because you wouldn't want anything to happen to it.
1: We're
3: not going into any dungeons, Todd.
0: You don't know that.
3: I do know that. We're in
2: space. <laughs> I mean, we are in space, which, which makes the propensity of dungeons reasonably unlikely but yeah we'd be unlikely to take the ferret on an away mission on account of it not having a little space suit
4: i do believe that if in in episodes of star trek what the klingons had in various situations could be classified
0: as dungeons <laughs> fair
2: that's fair that's fair that's fair so yes rico has been teaching th- the ferret to do things and presumably working out kind of how so i assume the London science conclave has some kind of database that you can access remotely and so rick has also been having a nose through and seeing how it works
0: it sure does make uh um let's see do you have a skill that would be appropriate for looking up data on a computer
2: i mean this like makes the rash assumption that i've opened my character sheet which is (laughs) um Uh, not what I've done right here we go character sheet that's exciting Whoa, I shit, opened
3: right. mine minutes ago.
2: <laughs> minutes ago yeah I've now opened <laughs> I've now um my pdf has opened at like 225 percent. so that's helpful um I've got computer programming I've got computer operation uh and then I've got science
0: oh well computer operation would work okay Let's do that with a minus two. What you really need is uh, the research skill that Kells has.
3: It's very annoying.
2: Oh my god! Oh my god! I literally just rolled three ones. Three ones.
1: (laughs) Oh my goodness!
2: He's the future.
1: Gotta take a picture. (laughs)
2: Uh, Okay. 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 Hang
1: on. Where's my? -hmm. There it
2: is. Uh, Yeah. Um, I have never done that before. That's amazing. Let me just... house the thing in the thing. There you go. Lovely. Nice. There we go. So, yeah, I did that research really well. Really, really, really well.
0: Okay, so with your incredible role, you find a perfect DNA match for your invisible ferret friend. <gasps> cool. According to the database, it is a chipstoon. Chipstoons were six legged furry creatures native to the planet Galagonar. Oh! Unfortunately, they went extinct <gasps> after the industrialization of Galagonar at the end of its wars. The planet became uninhabitable. Its life forms went to live in spaceships orbiting the planet Galaganar, and none of the animal life native to Galaganar survived. So as far as it says, chipstones are extinct. Also, there is no mention in the database at all. Even with your incredibly meticulous research and critical success role, there is no mention of them being invisible.
2: Oh, that's very interesting. Um, I imagine once she finds this out, she goes running immediately to Kyan. So she just comes, like, bursting into the med bay where Kyan's probably trying to t- take a nap or something. Kyan! 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 What? 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 Kyan! I've, I've been using the database. Um, I've been using the database to look up information on my ferret. She's, like, thrust her notepad, her iPad, like, right in your face. There's no... Possible way that you could possibly see any of the information on it, like two inches <laughs> away from your nose. Look, look! I found the, I found the ferret. I, it's a chipstone. It's extinct. What? It, it look. Read the thing. I'll sit here whilst I'll sit here while you read the thing.
4: So we've found an extinct creature. Like, uh, yes. How how long ago did
2: they go extinct? Uh, when the war ended on Galaganar. That's like. How long
0: ago is that? So that's sort of relatively recent. So about 300 years ago, the, the wars, the wage against Felonia and other other planets ended.
2: Yeah, at the end of the war, about 300 years ago. They destroyed the planet, basically. You remember?
0: Well,
4: then, obviously, they're not extinct, because this is not a...
2: Because there's one right here. She's got it tucked under her arm.
4: Right, and it's not like it's the last... Uh, I, I I seriously doubt that this is the last... Soon, Is that what it is?
2: A chip student, yes. Chip student?
4: chip student? It, it, It can't be the, like, Well, they, I don't think they live 300 years.
2: Well, no, it, but there's, there's no mention of it being invisible. So it's obviously evolved.
4: Yeah, well, it's either evolved or it's been subjected to some sort of process that has turned it invisible.
2: <gasps> oh, you think someone's been experimenting on it? Yeah, it's a possibility. It might be an escaped research subject.
4: Well, that, that could be problematic.
2: I mean, honestly, all of this could be very problematic. I don't think we should be waving around extinct species when we're going to Galagonal. No. I think that might not be sensible.
4: It would be really... Uh, is there any way we could find out where this particular specimen came from, like, originally?
2: Um, well, I don't think so. It's very difficult to, to locate the history of sort of biological organisms.
4: Well, because we've had a, and this is actually, I'm, I'm going off of knowledge because I've watched, I've watched a lot of true crime stuff. <laughs> actually, our DNA is affected by the places that we live.
2: Oh, this is true.
4: So there is a possibility, especially now that we have access to the database, we might be able to figure out at least some of the places it has been.
2: Yes, possibly. I wonder, I'm now concerned about how much information the database is storing of these searches that I've been running. Obviously, I wasn't, I wasn't anticipating that it was going to give a sort of problematic result, but I'm, I'm hoping that nobody is, because I've given it a current DNA sample.
4: That's a good point. Hmm.
2: hmm. Well, I mean, it's done now. I obviously didn't think it was going to give up some kind of magical extinction. Species.
4: Uh, we should probably bring in the captain on this because this, yeah. this could be significant for multiple reasons.
2: I was just thinking that. Um, let's go to the bridge. I'll bring some coffee because that will help. <clears throat> so I imagine we go via the break room to the bridge. Yes. And I'm I'm reading a book. Captain, what's up? Uh, I, I here's some coffee. Oh, thank you. It's very nice. Um, yeah. So I've been. Looking into some research about my little friend here, yeah. uh, she sat down and she's got the parrot on her lap and she's sort of touching it, like stroking it on what you assume is its head based on the, the, the orientation of the jumper. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been running the DNA through the, uh, through the database uh, that we have access to because now Kai and I are recognised members of the conclave. Sure, sure. Um, yes, possibly a little hiccup. Well, what do you mean? Well, It's extinct. Well, I mean, clearly not. It's
3: right. There's one right there.
2: Yes, it's called a chipstoon. That sounds made up. Yeah, I mean, right. most most animal <laughs> names do sound made up. If you think about it, it's called a chipstoon. Uh, they originated on Galaganar, but they were killed off, like everything else was, at the end of the war three hundred years ago. They're believed to be extinct. They're also, interestingly, um, previously they obviously weren't invisible. Oh, weird.
3: Yeah. So why did that ship have an invisible one in a cage?
2: Yeah. Huh. And also, um, I'm just a little bit concerned now that I've obviously put DNA of a live animal into the database. And I don't know I, I don't know if anybody's going to notice that. I'm going to be concerned.
3: Hmm. And now this, the database, correct me if I'm wrong, it's mostly Lorndon, right? Yes. Well, I mean, what are the Lorndons going to do? Like, what, send a bunch of stuff out here
2: to get an invisible ferret? Did you put that it was invisible? No, I just literally put the DNA sequence in. Oh. I didn't put any information about it. It's just I've, I've done a sort of compare, like, go, fi- this is a DNA sequence. Go and tell me what other DNA sequences looked like this.
3: Could you possibly compare the DNA of this one to the DNA that's in the database and isolate for some sort of invisibility gene to see if it evolved this way versus it was magicked this way?
2: Yes, and, and Kion has just made some suggestions about how we might understand it a little bit more where it came from through its DNA. So certainly I will spend some time doing some research on that. But we just thought you should know about this because it could be trouble. We also think probably we shouldn't mention it whilst we're on Galaga now. That makes a lot of sense. If you need help researching
3: it, I'm really good at researching
2: that. <laughs> <laughs> I spent like a month
3: working on it.
2: Amazing. You'd be surprised how hard it is to Google. Uh well yes, Captain. Um I was very lucky when I was doing this particular piece of research. But yes, I will definitely continue looking into that. But I just I just we just we have a hunch that maybe this might be trouble in the future. Okay. Well
3: we'll keep we'll keep our head on a swivel about it. And everything else, Captain. Yes.
4: So I guess we would go back and kind of see if we could see if it had an, uh, a gene difference that would make it invisible or genetic difference.
2: Yeah. I mean, well, I guess fine. we'd probably spend a couple of weeks, so maybe we should do that other conversation first, like, but looking, mm-hmm. cause DNA sequencing is quite complicated. It's quite a lot of it looking for markers that might indicate where it's been and, you know, uh, and also stuff that might make it invisible, that those kinds of things. It's quite a bit, I think that's quite a big project.
0: Okay, so you guys want to do, uh, you want to have a convo about the guild first?
2: Yeah, I sort of imagine we've had one boat through and then we're going to go and that, that research project is what we're going to do for the next, I don't know, couple okay. of weeks or whatever. And then, but probably over dinner sometime, we didn't have this other conversation. Okay.
0: Well, yeah, if you guys want to go ahead and, and do that scene now where you talk about, uh, where you have that conversation, go for it.
4: So I guess my thought is we're going to Glaganar. I know we're still looking for Uncle Peter when we get there, at least any clue of where he's been. But we now know of this company and we're still dealing with the guild. So I just kind of wanted to revisit what we're thinking of doing with all this.
3: Well, I'm still of the mind to eventually take down the guild, Mm -hmm. but I'm open to suggestions if people want to do something different or if there's a different or people want to do something additional. So where's everybody else at?
1: Well, if we're at dinner, I assume we're around the table.
3: Yeah. No, no, no. I mean, where are they at as a <laughs> decision-making?
1: <laughs> well, I, I I've been sitting here for a while waiting on someone to get my attention, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> I'm of the opinion I don't I, I don't even understand, you know, which one is the lesser of two evils at this point between the guild and the light shipping company. I mean, can we truly trust either one of them? No. Well, I
4: think that's Pretty much a no across the board.
1: Okay.
2: Yes, I'm not sure we know. I don't think we have enough information about either party to start judging uh, who is the worst. That's fair. And as far as we know, the light
3: company, they don't even know about us yet.
2: Uh, no, no reason to think that they do.
1: Yeah, I, I do believe, quote unquote, Captain was going to tell them what a good job we did helping him.
3: So, yes, yeah, so I don't know if they're even a, a, an immediate threat, if they're a threat at all.
4: Yes, but at some point we had discussed whether or not we were going to use them to maybe...
3: Help take out the guild?
4: Yeah. Which, I mean, we may not want to do because they might be the worst of the two evils. We don't know. Sure. But I just know that this is is something we should probably keep in the back of our mind as an option for if we get stuck between a guild and a hard place.
3: True, true. (laughs) Um, I feel like, would there be a benefit to trying to reach out? to the lightspeed shipping company or at least to find out more about them
1: well couldn't you use your new googling skills to find out more information
2: i could certainly try yes i think we should probably find out more about them before we contact them proactively captain
3: yeah all right what, el- what else do we need to be looking into do you think Because if i'm gonna go google i'm gonna google it all at once i want to l- make a list
4: well here's my other thing. My other thing is is that we suspect that Uncle Peter was being pursued by or threatened by or endangered by the guild. And the guild has sent us on this mission to go deliver I believe we're still delivering these computers to Galagonar. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's that's what we're supposed to be doing, right?
3: Yeah. We still have the computers. (laughs) We still
4: have the computers.
2: computers. (laughs) It's been two years. (laughs) They're slightly more irradiated now, and some of them are probably a bit dusty. They're running Windows 7. Yeah, they're running. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Um, But we do still have the computers. Okay. Failed thus far to deliver them to anyone.
3: (laughs) What are we, DHL? Sorry. (laughs) <laughs>
2: uh, DHL are perhaps more reliable than we are under these circumstances, but uh, know,
3: <laughs> which is saying something. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm going to go do some more research on the light company.
4: Well, my question is: is that are we are we possibly walking ourselves into some sort of trap? Is Galaganar just where the guild sends people when they don't want to deal with them anymore?
2: Potentially. I don't think they, the guild had any reason to send us to Galaganar to get rid of us. I don't think we've been that annoying to them yet. I mean, we were heading in that direction, don't get me wrong, but um, I don't think we'd quite reach that level.
3: Yeah, I think if the guild wanted to take us out, they wouldn't have outfitted us with guns and stuff so
4: soon. That's fair.
2: It still could be a trap. It could be a test that Uncle Pete failed. It certainly could be some kind of, or there may, when we get there, be some kind of loyalty test. (sighs)
3: So, yeah, I mean, I, I understand your concerns. And I share in them.
4: Okay, cool. I just wanted to, like, we hadn't talked about it in a long time. Thought, you know, since we've been sidetracked by everything else, I thought we should probably go kind of, we're getting, we're getting close. So
0: what's our plan?
3: Right, right. Well, if there's nothing else, I'll go start doing some research.
0: Yeah, that's all I have. Okay. All right. So it sounds like we're going to do a research role. It's a research
3: montage.
0: (laughs) Before we do the research, when Captain Rory sits down at her computer, she has an email that just arrived from Samuel Normalman. Oh, God. Okay. I open it. Okay. Sammy, and Samuel Normalman was from the ship, the Peacemaker, from the League of Planets Diplomatic Corps. Uh, you guys actually got along pretty well with him, and he and his associate were heading out into the unknown regions to look for evidence of the uh, rumored rat people.
3: Oh, right, 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 right. Did they also care about the purple people?
1: They had information about them, yeah. Okay. Yeah, he told us what they called them, and I don't
0: recall what that it was. It was sort of an I. Yeah, Iorblians.
3: Iorblians.
0: Yeah. Yep. Yep.
1: That sounds made up, too. Yeah.
0: Yeah, a lot of this does. Anyway, so the email from Samuel Norrman reads, Hello, Captain Rory. I wanted to let you know that my mission to the Unknown Lands to find evidence of large humanoid rat people has been successful don't spread this around but they are real and if you run into any of them in your travels you should treat them as extremely dangerous and hostile i would recommend you avoid contact with them just wanted to let you know so you can stay safe if you do run into them Official announcement will be made at some time in the future when we cut through all the red tape. Stay safe. Yours, Samuel Normalman.
3: Shipcom, open up a channel to the whole ship. Beep, beep, boop. This is your captain speaking. We've got giant rats. I repeat, we've got giant rats.
2: <laughs> oh. Uh, Rico comes popping <laughs> into <laughs> into the yeah, bridge. Yeah, I think everybody automatically stops what they're <laughs> doing and comes back up to the bridge. <laughs> As a measure of how incredibly distressed by this news she is, she does not bring coffee. (laughs) Oh,
1: God. It's bad. The way I picture it was, Hank was uh, leaned back in his chair, his feet propped up on his tools, snoozing, and he hears the BB boop, We got rats, and his feet hit the floor, and his glasses go askance, and he's like, "What?
2: <laughs> what do you mean?"
1: And he pushes him back up on his nose and stumbles out towards the bridge.
2: Uh, c- Captain, we got your we got your message. Explain. Oh, wait for everybody to get there.
3: Yeah, so I got an email from Samuel Normalman. Those folks that came about the Eorblins. Oh yeah, they found the giant rat people that folks are dreaming about
2: oh
3: what yeah they're real oh he told me not to tell anybody so don't tell anybody but um (laughs) but yeah so that's a thing
2: congratulations rico your your fable stories were true that's very concerning and very weird um did he give any information about where if he did I, i share it did he say anything about where i missed
3: it
0: Nothing specific, just the unknown regions, at least unknown to the League of Planets.
3: Okay, so it's in the unknown regions, hmm. and he said that they were hostile and to avoid them if possible.
2: Well, yes, you would want to avoid a giant rat person. So yeah, sorry about your
3: childhood nightmares being true.
2: And yeah, that's concerning. Well,
3: hopefully we won't run into any Galaganars. I mean, what are the chances? <laughs> Not that far from the uh, unmapped regions. It just seems unlikely to me. Hmm.
2: <laughs>
4: One has to wonder, why now? Like, if these have been, like, lost for so long. We've got an extinct ferret creature. We've got rat people that have been, you know, the stuff of legends and not seen for a very, very long time. It's like this, I wonder if there's some sort of connection.
2: Well, it's certainly possible. I guess we should um, finish researching this DNA or anything else about the ferret to see where it's come from. I mean, the problem with the unknown regions is they're unknown, right? We don't. We don't have any reference for any kind of scientific readings from those areas. Anything it, could
3: be happening. It does do what it says on the tin. Um, I feel it would be interesting if there was some sort of place where disappeared things were coming back from. So it might be
2: useful to find out where that ferret hailed from. Yes, because we don't have any kind of in- information as to where that ship had been before we took the ferret off it. Right. Hmm. Oh, well, it's just another Tuesday. <laughs> just some other
3: the i'm gonna go back to my researching but just yeah let's all just digest that information for a little while giant rat people with like weapons and stuff
2: yeah that sounds great captain
4: and giant rabies Ugh. oh with rats it's probably a little bit more like giant black death
3: giant plague
4: Ooh, true
3: giant plague I would assume they'd have to have the plague fleas. Mm.
4: God, can you imagine the size of those fleas? (laughs)
2: That's (laughs) a frightening thought. That is a frightening thought.
4: The fleas would be the size of golf balls. Oh, Hello, I'm Joe Hogan, the editor of As the Dice Roll. I hope you're enjoying this episode of Cautious Optimism. So, I have been sick with bronchitis for the last week. You might be able to hear my voice. I am getting a little sick and tired of always being sick and tired. But anyway, apologies for the rough start to the new year. Uh, a few people have asked me to weigh in on Wizards of the Coast's OGL debacle. Uh, if you don't know what I'm talking about, go to D&D Shorts on YouTube. He's one of the YouTubers along with uh, Gizmodo writer Linda Kodega who broke the story and does a much better job breaking it all down than I ever would. But here's my take. I have canceled my D&D Beyond subscription and some of the other As of The Dice Worldcast members have as well. I didn't delete it because I've spent a lot of money on it and I'm not ready to break ties altogether, but I do think it's important to send a message that I do not agree with how they are handling things. But ultimately, I think this was a big mistake for Wizards of the Coast and a boon for the hobby as a whole. Up until now, D&D is synonymous with tabletop role-playing games. I often describe GURPS and Monsters of the Week to people when I'm describing this podcast by saying it's like D&D, but just a different set of rules. But there are a lot of systems out there. I mean, I have files on my computer full of tabletop role-playing game books uh, in PDF that I will never play. But I love the creativity of the system, and I love the ideas they give me for the games that I am playing in. So ultimately, I think this will diversify the hobby and get people playing a lot more games that aren't Dungeons and Dragons. And it ultimately doesn't affect this show at all cuz we don't play D&D on here anymore. So, I encourage you to read up on the OGL and what it means, unsubscribe from D&D Beyond even if it's just for a few months, just to stand in solidarity with other players and creators, and pick up some system books you've never played before and try them out. I'm planning to learn Pathfinder. And there are a lot of Powered by the Apocalypse games out there, like Monster of the Week, that you can try. And of course, who doesn't love GURPS? As always, we'd love to hear from you. How does this all affect you and your gaming table? You can contact us on Twitter at AsTheDiceRollRP, on Instagram at As the Dice Roll, or you can email us at podcast at com. We also all tend to hang out on Slack, which you can access by going to geek2geekmedia.com and clicking on the Contact Us tab. If you'd like to support our cast in their other endeavors, you can listen to Kelly and Todd on Mating Habits of the Modern Geek. You can also read Todd's book, Tag Your IT, by going to toddsullivanbooks.com. Bama and King of the Heel have returned to the world of streaming at trovo.live forward slash BamaShocks. You can catch those streams on Thursdays and Saturdays. Check out Raven on Girls Gone Wow if you're a World of Warcraft player, or The Tenth Divine if Elder Scrolls Online is more your thing. And I can be found on my podcast, Geektitude, which will be eventually coming back when I am not sick and Ray is not busy. That's it for me this week. Um, I've been terrible at sticking to our release schedule, but ideally I will be back here on Sunday, January 29th with the next episode of What Is Not, and then again on February 5th with the next episode of Cautious Optimism. Until then, let's see what other terrifying images our crew gets stuck in our minds right after a quick commercial.
0: All right, so what exactly are you searching for on the Intergalactic Google?
3: I want to search for news reports about the Lightspeed shipping company.
0: Okay, go ahead and make a roll with your super cool research skills.
1: Woo! And if I might, I would like to add in some hacking so maybe we could find some dark web inf- information.
0: Ooh. okay. Do you have a, a hacking skill per se? Well, of course I do. Okay.
3: So I rolled a 14 and my research is a
0: 14. Ooh, okay. You went on a tie. So success, barely, barely.
1: Then you see Hank lean over her shoulder, add in a few different parameters, some plus signs. Because I rolled a seven out of like 16. Ah.
0: Oh, success by what, 11? Nine. Nine. Nine? Okay. So initially, Captain Rory's not coming up with anything too interesting. But then after Hank does some wizardry at the keyboard, you come up with some articles that were never shared with the public. They appear to belong to various law enforcement agencies in the League of Planets. And all of these articles talk about the Lightspeed shipping company trying to get trade deals with the various different planets in the League. And each individual planet, after interacting with them for some time, has banned the Lightspeed Shipping Company from doing business in their borders because of crimes against their people, crimes against general crimes, against just sentient life, dealing in slavery, dealing in weapons, dealing in drugs, etc., etc. You find list after list of planets in the league saying these guys are bad news and they are forbidden
3: okay so whenever i find out stuff like this i'm posting it to our ship's version of a google doc okay or a reddit just so we don't have to keep coming up and hearing out at the bridge as i find stuff i'm posting it to the ship okay to the ship slack channel
0: <laughs> the ship slack channel is flooded with these reports so, you guys, have uh, you've had a convo about what to do with the League. You've researched the Lightspeed Shipping Company, their bad news, DNA research on the invisible ferret. Anything else?
1: Yes, we should probably discuss the search for Peter. All right. I mean, Rory, you knew him better than all of us, obviously. How do we track him down without raising red flags and alarms everywhere?
3: Well... My idea is when we get to Galagonar first, we'll look to see what's there. Because out of character, do we know if there's like a. If, is Galagonar now completely abandoned or is there like a town there?
0: The planet is abandoned, but there's a, a giant space station in orbit where the Galagonarians live. And from what you've heard, it sounds like they still have heavy industry down on the planet's surface. Okay. It's a industrial toxic nightmare that nobody wants to live there. Gotcha. But yeah, the space station is where the doctor who signed Peter's death certificate was. Right. And the signing of his death certificate at Galagonar is what sent you in this direction.
3: So I guess definitely go there first and look and, and talk to him and get a first-hand account, and then from what we find out there, see if it's worth searching the planet. Not the whole planet, but, you know, the,
1: the space station. That's probably a good idea, Captain. Um, I, I would, would suggest when we speak to the medical examiner using full subterfuge, be like, look, you know, hey, just, you know, come and get his last effects, that kind of thing, and just be like, you know, what can you tell me about how it happened? I don't know.
3: Yeah, no, I definitely would go in as the sad niece who just wants – some answers on what happened and if he had any other effects or things I need to collect or that kind of thing. I can act bereaved.
1: (laughs) Yes. We, we, we have seen your acting skills, captain. You're quite good at it.
3: So, yes. I mean, that's, that's my plan. Unless somebody has something better.
1: No, I mean, we'll, we'll just act your, you know, like what we are. We're, we're just your crew and we finally made it out here. We're your support circle.
0: Yes. Okay. So you guys had a little convo about what to do about Peter Anything else before we arrive at Galaganar?
2: Well, I guess Kyn and I need to do that second piece of research to see if we can get any more information about the creature's DNA.
0: Yeah. All right.
1: Yeah. And while they're working on that, uh, I would would say that Hank and Liliana is probably checking on the hydroponics bay to see how it's recovering as well as the microorganisms since Rico's busy.
0: Okay. Okay. Sounds good. So for researching the creature's DNA, are you analyzing... The creature itself? Is that what you want to do?
2: So I imagine that I've downloaded the sample DNA from the database. So this is more a kind of so this is a science thing, not a research thing. Okay. Um, I in my opinion. Because it's kind of going through the DNA and probably comparing it to um like snippets of gene that are known for like known to cause invisibility in other animals, or like it's it's probably quite a complex. Process so I'm probably gonna take both of us.
0: Okay, that sounds good.
2: Yeah, and I'm gonna roll under science, I think. Yeah, oh five. Well, it's, no, it's not too bad actually. If I 11, my science is 14.
0: Okay, success by three. And uh, what about Kyan? I guess I'll use biology.
2: Yeah, I think that makes I know. sense.
4: And I got an eight, nine, ten, eleven out of 14, also success by three. Yes.
2: So I guess what we were looking for is any information about why it might be invisible, whether it's like related to something got crossed with some other animal or something, but also anything that might tell us like where it's spent any time or grown up or...
0: Yeah, anything like that. Okay, so you guys study the little life form itself and its DNA and all of its stuff. And let's see, with two successes, the DNA is pretty similar to what you found for the species in the Lorndon's giant DNA catalog. You don't see any big changes to the DNA that would explain why it's invisible. But as you really start to study and analyze the creature... You realize that it's giving off a faint energy signal, almost a radiation, that would be indicative of it being out of phase with your universe, with your dimension. It almost looks, if this were possible, it almost looks like the little guy is in an alternate dimension, but also interacting with your dimension at the same time as if it's all the two dimensions are all tangled up and he the creature is somehow able to interact in some ways but not other ways like on the visual spectrum it's entirely in the other dimension but then physically it's in your dimension it's all very confusing and probably just nonsense
2: <laughs> um and this is very very weird
4: yeah this is like this is like science fiction stuff
2: yeah and i sort of feel like we should I feel like if we tell anybody else who might be able to work us help us fi- figure out why it's weird, I-, I feel like that would be a bad idea. I feel like nobody else should know about the weird.
4: Well, I would agree, except I'm pretty sure our readings and everything are correct. So, like, what could even cause this?
2: I honestly, I honestly don't don't know. Um, I think this is quite a. This is a this is a much bigger research we're gonna need to I don't know I don't even know which we're gonna have to research which scientists we need to make friends with in order to find some scientists that might know a thing I don't even know where to start
4: this is way beyond my like this is ba- way beyond basic biology for me we we're now into quantum physics stuff here. I don't... <laughs> this is a little bit above my pre-grade.
2: I think probably this is going to have to be some background research for a while, because we're about to arrive on Galagonar, but um, yeah, this is much more weird than I was expecting.
4: Now, when you say we shouldn't tell anybody, I mean, I'm assuming that doesn't mean oh, the I've, captain and Yeah,
2: no, no, we should go and tell the captain, obviously, and Hank, obviously. I didn't mean we should start keeping secrets within the crew. That's a bad idea, but... Um, Yes, I think outside the ship, we should probably just keep very quiet about this. Yeah, I would agree. So I imagine they fill the captain and Hank in like, over dinner. How was your research today? Well, we discovered that the ferret is possibly out of phase with reality. Like, oh, oh cool. All right. Nice. Well, yeah, okay. Pass the finish. Neat. Um, yeah.
1: What? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I have been wanting to do this since earlier, but I was not around for either interaction, so... Is the ferret with us now?
2: Oh yeah, of course. It's almost constantly sitting next to Rico or on Rico and it always has a jumper on so you can always tell it's there.
1: Rico, have you considered the possibility that perhaps it has some kind of invisible collar on or a microchip? Have you looked at any of those options?
2: I mean, we did scan it for chips and um, I mean, we've done quite a lot of basic scanning of it. So yeah, we haven't found any obvious Signs of chips that match up that from you know from things that we can discover from our own technology. Of course, it could have some completely different form of tracking on it that we don't have the technology to understand or, or identify. That's a slightly terrifying thought.
1: But but have you physically searched it for a collar? Yeah yeah yeah. Okay, it's
2: definitely not. I mean, we've been putting it in and out of these coats and jumpers for the last god knows how long.
1: <laughs> That's fair and. And this newest one is so adorable too.
2: Oh yes, this I think is my favorite. Liliana really uh over really really outdid herself on this one. Um it's it's very beautiful. Is
1: that a velvet collar on it? Yes. That is so cute.
2: Yes, I don't know where she found the velvet. I really don't, but uh yes, it's uh, it's amazing. Um and the little guy seems to like it. So this is uh this is his favorite one so far. But yes, I, it's possible that it could have some kind of technology, tracking technology that we haven't yet identified. But there's nothing within the confines of our current technology that, that we can see. So that's another unsettling thought for everybody, along with the like giant rat people and the uh, giant fleas. <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay, so we have, we have giant rat people with giant rat fleas with giant rat plague. We have an invisible... Did you say the research said it only had six legs? Yes. Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, okay. Okay, no. Eight 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 legs.
0: legs. Eight legs. I just forget.
1: Yeah, I've been pondering on that since you mentioned it. Sorry.
0: Whoops. Are there any pictures of what it actually looks like? Yes.
1: No, it's invisible.
0: No, I mean, like, (laughs) the original ones (laughs) that weren't invisible. In the database, yeah, there would have been pictures of the uh, original visible chipstones.
1: I was just waiting for him to say, and you know, the strangest thing is they don't show up in photographs, yeah. which, would have, which would have led us down a, like a three-year track to figure out if somehow there was like some gamma radiation and a photograph and, you know, the whole thing. Are they really vampires?
3: Are they really vampires? Oh, of
1: course. <laughs> they, come, they live on Vampyrion. Uh-huh. Hold on. Let me write that down.
0: <laughs> <laughs> stop giving him ideas <laughs>
4: so can you describe what it looked like
0: the original visible version was eight legged just like yours and the pictures almost all depict them as either black or dark gray and i mean yeah i mean thinking of like a, a ferret is not a bad it's, that's not far off an eight legged ferret Long, slender, very flexible, furry. Okay, so just you know, this is
4: what Kain is thinking. He doesn't say this, he's expressed this to anybody else, but he is thinking, Oh, thank God, because I am terrified that we've been playing with something that looks like a giant spider. Right? And just <laughs> didn't realize it. No. <laughs> it just- no. But <laughs> He was very, very concerned about this the entire time, and it's like, when we finally make it visible or actually can see it, it's going to look hideous, and we're going to be like, oh god, why have we been petting this thing for so long?
3: It, we let it touch <laughs> us, oh my god.
4: <laughs> exactly.
2: I mean, give Rico some credit for understanding what fairy things feel. Like, if I gave you a cat and told you to close your eyes, you'd still know it was a cat.
4: That's true. That's true but you know I mean like we've we've already talked to him about this episode
0: <laughs> you just never know a thought <laughs> fair <laughs> all right so we've done we've done some more research on the animal and as far as Hank and Liliana looking at the hydroponics bay and the creatures those are coming along the plants in the in the hydroponics bay are returning they're growing back they're they're coming back okay and planting new ones and everything is working out well. And the microorganisms that fuel the ship, they reached a point where they were plentiful enough and healthy enough to provide enough fuel to run the ship a little bit ago. And every day they're repopulating themselves, replenishing their, their population and getting better and better. So everything everything is healing in those areas.
2: Everything's coming up Millhouse. We're in good shape <laughs> to get to Galagana and have the ship be nervous by something or
0: other perfect exactly wait what (laughs) everything's gonna be fine
2: yeah galaganar sounds like a great place
0: (laughs) you guys are approaching galaganar shipcom tells you oh we're approaching galaganar you can see it all from the distance
2: next time on cautious
0: optimism We are approaching Golaganar now.
2: We need to deliver the supercomputer,
3: And I'm going to go talk to whoever it was that sent me the death certificate for Uncle Peter.
0: One of the big problems with the galaxy as I see it is that there is a lot of information that people like to keep secret.
1: We could format them in such a way that this doesn't go to hell in a handbasket.
0: What could go wrong?
1: You've been
4: listening to As The Dice Roll. The As The Dice Roll intro music is The Soap Opera by James Bowers. You can find and license his music through Pond5 at Pond5.com. All the rest of the music in this episode is by Darren Curtis and can be found at DarrenCurtisMusic.com. The opening voiceover is by our very own Rob Sometimes. You can find his podcast at ComicBox.Libsyn.com. And the As the Dice Roll logo was created by Marcel Edwards. Check out her book, No Great Matter, at MSEdwards.com as the dice roll is a proud member of the geek to geek media network check out other geek to geek shows streams and content at geek if you'd like to contact the show you can send an email to podcast at as the dice roll individual players and gm's social media can be found on our website at as the dice roll